You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Say, if you listen to us on one of the podcasting software, maybe iTunes, if you wouldn't mind going in to write a positive review, or at least a frank and honest review about the radio show, I would greatly appreciate it. It's a way that you can, as one of our listeners, help us to raise people's visibility of the show, gain larger audience, and have a... Uh, more significant impact in the community. So if you wouldn't mind going into your favorite podcasting software, typing in Critical Mass Radio Show, writing a review of what you think about the program, I, as the host, would greatly appreciate it. As I said before the break, our second guest is Tim Wasserman. Tim, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Well, Rick, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, You're an expert, I understand, in the successful implementation of large-scale organizational behavioral change. Boy, that just sounds like a challenge. You've got 25 years' experience developing and implementing enterprise-wide initiatives for large firms like Fortune 500 companies. You know, your leadership and strategies have, have proven through global effectiveness. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the firm 2080 Strategy Execution. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Of course, I started when I was 10 years old, and so uh, I've been at this for a while. But uh, in all seriousness, we help organizations, individuals, and organizations globally uh, in the area of workplace performance. And really, uh, one of the things that we really focus on is that work most work that gets done in today's global organizations is project-based work. And so that has been really our legacy starting early on in, in areas of project program management, but it's really evolved into what has become quite topical for many of your listeners and for our clients, which is all about how to help organizations improve their ability to strategically execute. Uh, we have the opportunity to work with some marquee, very large uh, clients like Apple and Cisco and Nationwide Insurance, but also nonprofits and startups. So it really is a very rich and exciting uh, canvas, if you will, to, to play on. So you started this at a young age. You were like a savant or something, and you knew that you were going to make a difference in the world, and you, you said, I think, 10 years old. So. <laughs> well, uh, I, wish, I wish I could say that. I, uh, you know, I spent the first half of my career on the corporate side uh, in a variety of industries, retail, financial services, high-tech, and very much was drawn to making a difference largely through education and, and learning functions, but really for the individuals in those organizations, but a heavy focus on uh, having an impact on, on the customer and, and ultimately the, the consumer, the, the end user of whatever the product or service was I was working in. And uh, then the second half of my career uh, gravitated over to uh, the consulting side with a variety of large and small organizations, but really helping to look at ways to help organizations and, again, individuals improve uh, their performance and their contribution. So it's been a, a natural uh, mix. About 10 years ago, I joined the current organization, although we're new or newly merged uh, organization, but um, the company I've been with for the last 10 years uh, was really focused on this whole notion of helping develop uh, some confidence around strategic execution, or what we refer to as strategic execution. So with your experience and kind of breadth, not just depth, but breadth um, of experience, can you share some trends that are evolving in the current business environment that my audience of CEOs and business owners could benefit from learning about? 
Yeah, I think, you know, uh, certainly everyone is uh, in tune to the fact that there are some macro trends that are occurring globally around big data and data security, kind of this tension, if you will, between globalization and localization, which I think many uh, leaders of organizations are thinking about how do they want to play in that, that, that global complex environment. But as we push down into the, the, the way that organizations are really executing, what we find is that what starts to bubble up are issues about how do we innovate, uh, how do we have this balance of tra- a more traditional disciplined approach and the need to be more agile, whether we're a small business or a large uh, global enterprise. And then when you overlay this, uh, the, this need to uh, be more lean and flat potentially, more agile, and then trying to balance that, uh, at the same time looking for ways to be more innovative, then bring in the fact that our workforce is dramatically changing now, the, the demographics, and it, and it creates a, you know, a wide array of, of challenges that are, are actually quite related from our perspective. I um, saw earlier this year that the, and you're listening to the Critical Mass radio show, we're broadcasting live on octalkradio.net. Tim Wasserman, who is CLO of 2080 Strategy Execution, is our guest, uh, that the millennials have become the, the largest percentage of the workforce. And, and I'm wondering, do do you see in your experience that the, the composition of the workforce uh, affects the trends that you see in the industry, or are they uh, a byproduct of the trends in the industry? Does that question make sense for you, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's interesting. I think uh, particularly not being a millennial, we hear a lot about uh, millennials changing expectations. And if, uh, depending on who the audience is you're talking to, some individuals will say, you know, these individuals are coming into the workforce. They're different. They're hard to understand. There's more of a sense of entitlement. And then the other side to that is actually that they're very representative of the changes that have been occurring in business relative to technology, relative to consumerism that have occurred over the last 15 to 20 years, really their lifetime. And they're the natural evolution of that. So so what we're finding is businesses really have to accept and adapt not only to millennials as customers, but as employees. And now what's happening is they're becoming the emerging leaders in many organizations. And that has implications for organizational culture. It has implications for uh, the structure that's provided and and the expectations and needs that millennials have. Um, While some might argue are unique, what we're finding is that they're becoming more commonplace uh, really regardless of age group. And um, so it, it really is, I, I think, almost both, uh, from both directions, it's, it's impacting uh, changes that are fundamentally happening in organizations. You, you know, you're, as you were answering that question, it sparked a, a follow-up question, which may or may not be a fair question, but I'm going to ask it, and you, you tell me. In your experience working with a range of companies, can you say if larger companies or smaller companies have adapted better to the influences of millennials in the workforce? I think it's a fair question, and um, I think we hear a lot about how smaller companies have adapted because in many cases um, millennials, uh, you know, one of the, one of the characteristics of, of what millennials look for and expect in organizations is the ability to make a difference and to have an impact and to see that what they're doing, understand how that connects to what the organization's overall ideation and direction is. And in a small business, it's much easier to see that impact. In a large enterprise, it becomes more challenging, and therein lies uh, one of the real opportunities but challenges for leaders and organizations today is how do they connect that ideation, that high-level vision of where they want to get to over time 
turn that into a strategy and develop the kind of mechanisms that allow millennials and others, for that matter, to be able to not only have a significant impact, but be able to see how that translates. Because there's no doubt that millennials, there is a gravitation towards smaller businesses when there's a sense that that's where they're going to to have an impact. But I was just talking with a a colleague the other day, and they were sharing with me a a neighbor's son who went to a University of of California, Berkeley, uh, engineering, uh, mechanical engineer, very skilled, top of class. And rather than choosing to go to a startup in San Francisco, which one would expect being right around the corner of Silicon Valley, he chose to go to General Motors. And the wow. reason was because he's involved. He had the opportunity to get involved with self-driving technology. And they were in the particular group that recruited him. They were looking at some of the other variables besides the meaningfulness and the impact he could have and really creating a subset. So even within this very, one of, arguably one of the largest organizations in the world, they're able to attract those folks. So I think we do have to be a little careful to suggest that, you know, a large company can't compete. But there's no doubt, particularly in Orange County and, and the, in the Bay Area and uh, technology areas, that smaller companies do, at least on the surface, tend to have have an appeal, um, or seem to have an appeal to millennials. We're talking with Tim Wasserman. He is a CLO of 2080 Strategy uh, Execution. What, <laughs> yeah, what does CLO stand for? Uh, Chief Learning Officer. Okay. All right. I'm familiar and, with the term. Uh, yeah, so I I'm, have responsibility for not only in our organization looking at the, the products that we're providing to our clients, but really looking at the whole area. We're, we're in the learning business, right. and we're looking to, to help organizations, not just through learning events, which was more of the traditional way that things occurred, but really to create, a, I mean, our viewpoint, this is mine personally, too, very much through my career, has been that what we're doing is a journey, and so it's important to build experiences and developmental opportunities throughout that journey. And uh, so I, I get to play in that arena on a daily basis. I'm the father of two 20-plus uh, children, and when they were growing up, I said to them, and I believe that learn everything you can because you'll never know when it may come in handy to know that. And I think in today's business environment for entrepreneurs and for business leaders, it, you really need to build a learning organization because the rate of change is so much faster now. It's almost cliche to say that, but it is true, and you're – you know, no one's insulated from change in any industry or any size of any significance. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, we're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're going to continue the conversation with Tim. When we come back, Tim, I'm going to ask you if you could share from your experience maybe some tips or tricks or things, strategies, tactics that successful companies are doing that helps to set them apart. I think you gave a great example with General Motors, which led me to want to say, do you have any other examples of how companies are setting themselves apart? So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Tim Wasserman after these words from our valued sponsors. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. 
To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015 and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, literally several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show and their company has placed the interview somewhere on their website. And each month our audience is about 10,000 listeners who download our show as a podcast as well as listening to us live. If you'd like to become part of our growing community of lifelong learners who are listening to learn from Critical Mass Radio Show, simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software and uh, you'll be able to get our weekly shows that we stream live here on octalkradio.net all right tim i really appreciate you being on the show i said before the break i wanted to kind of get any tips or tricks or ideas or things that you're seeing that successful companies are doing that is setting them apart from their competition do you have any uh to share with us well, I mean, there's there's a couple that that come to mind. I've had the the good fortune to to meet some pretty interesting uh, uh, people, particularly over the last few years. Some things that have been been happening. Some of these are larger companies, but I think in particular they resonate for me because they could be uh, executed at, at, at from the small to the largest organization. Um, you know, one area that that we talk a lot about and that's important is is this issue of how do you create this ideation this this culture that that really helps people ultimately uh, helps individuals as organizations are getting flatter push decision making out to the to the edges and so a lot of that has to do with people understanding not only creating an environment where they're able to take risks but where they understand what kinds of criteria is utilized um, to make good decisions and, and that can be as it's something as basic and it's certainly not basic and simple. I don't know if you've heard about Facebook has something called Facebook Boot Camp. And as new individuals are hired into that organization, in essence, they are immediately thrust in, in in a six-week period, thrust into a situation where they're actually doing programming and work. There was one individual who had worked for a very large, uh, very prominent high-tech company for 15 years, so it's not all millennials. And she said that she did more work 
more actual programming, more actual content development in her six-week boot camp than she had done in the previous five years in her, in her past job. And at the same time that people are actually thrust into the areas of responsibility, uh, they're also getting a, a, it's one part kind of indoctrination to the culture. It's one part understanding what, what the norms and the values are. There are posters up that say experiment early and often, emphasize the needs of the customers, doing work that we do work that's important to the world. And those aren't posters that are generated by a corporate uh, strategy group or communications group. Those are actually posters that are generated by people who work there. So there's this, there's this real focus on trying to represent the culture, the values, the organization, and also giving people the opportunity uh, to make a difference from the day they walk in the door and feel like they've really come to someplace different. Now, we might expect that from something we hear about Facebooks and the Googles, but then you can contrast that uh, with, uh, there's, there's a great book, by the way, by Ed Catmull, who's the uh, president of Pixar Animation and Disney Animation Studios, and had the opportunity to spend some time with him this past year. And in a recent book, he wrote Creativity Incorporated. He talks about Pixar, but in it, one of the things that they did was they were finding that they needed to increase communication and openness within that organization due to some things that were happening. And they instituted, and this was a generated idea from from the population, something called Notes Day. And they literally shut down for a day and had people identify and write down and talk about the kinds of issues that they were facing, the challenges that they were facing. And there's some very interesting information in the book about the way they orchestrated it. But it was it was intentionally designed to go beyond the, the you know traditional suggestion box to really actually how powerful is it when you actually shut down the business, if you will, for a portion of the day to focus on something that's a core value and that's critical to to changing the business. So I think a lot of what what we say when we talk about you know empowerment can be an overused word, but when we think about you know, what are the kinds of changes we want to make in our business and how do we drive people to change their behavior? It takes some pretty bold, you know, approaches, I think, that, that, that are required for people to really believe in that. We're talking with Tim Wasserman. He is CLO of 2080 Strategy Execution. You're listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show. And the work that I do here in Southern California with my clients who tend to be lower middle market firms... I believe that the most lasting competitive differentiation they can have is an engaged workforce, Tim. That it is hard to duplicate. It's it's not something that a competitor can easily replicate once they realize you have it. And the customers will definitely be influenced by a culture of engagement that you have with your employees. So a lot of what I've heard you talking about are, I think, examples of companies who are, are not only doing good business practices, but one of the benefits and byproducts of that is employee engagement. In your work that you've done with firms across the size spectrum, um, what's your perspective on employee engagement, especially as you know, relative to what we've talked about earlier with this bringing in and you know the the millennial workforce, etc. Yeah, I, I I think that you know for me and, and and a lot of the work that we do is working with organizations help improve this alignment between. That, that ideation, I think that, you know, engagement does start with creating, you know, a, an idea, a vision, uh, uh, where you are going longer term, uh, a story, if you will, that people get excited about, that they want to feel like they can participate in. And as we talked about earlier, 
you know, smaller to mid-sized organizations, certainly the, the connection between this, the senior level and the front line is, should be a shorter path. Um, so, so you start on that, that, that path by, by articulating that, by having passion about it. But then what it really translates into in terms of translating this, this ideation into action, um, that's where we have to get into areas about really being aware of what's important to the employees and the individuals. Um, pushing this responsibility to the edges, looking at making connections uh, so that work has meaning and, and again, people can see their contributions. Um, you know, technology is something that certainly is coming into play as we've talked about the millennials, but it's in, in general, you know, people want to be able to get what they need, the tools, the information they need to do a good job. I, I've tend to believe, I suspect you share this belief, that people generally want to do well yes. in the job that they're in. And if everybody had the opportunity, they would you know, self-select the kind of work that they'd like to be in. But regardless, you see time and time again, whether it's at a corner store or a restaurant or whether it's at a large global organization like an Intel, that those people that are most uh, engaged are tend to be those that are doing something where they really have a passion for it, and we all have aspects of our jobs that we're not passionate about. Uh, certainly, we all know that. But when we, as leaders and managers, can help make that connection, and particularly when people can see that they're having a difference in either the customers, their coworkers, or some key innovation or insight. Um, that really drives that much deeper level of engagement that I think we're all all striving for as leaders in organizations. I've thoroughly enjoyed our talk. It has gone by very quickly today here on Critical Mass Radio Show. But before I let you go, Tim, if someone wants to learn more about your firm, how do they find you online? Yes, we can be found at www.strategyx, that's S-T-R-A-T-E-G-Y-E-X, Dot com, And uh, some of the trends we've discussed today are in a, a white paper that we've just released a study on our view of some of the top 10 strategy trends for 2016 and beyond. And welcome uh, input and, and the dialogue that continues as people engage in, in some of the issues we've talked about. Please reach out and share with us, just as I know they do with you and the wonderful show that you have. Thank you, sir, and uh, I appreciate your time today, uh, being a friend of the uh, of the radio program and now a part of the Critical Mass business community. Thank you for your time today, Tim. My pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap up this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and we support various Orange County nonprofits. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Joan Park, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, which is my firm, the CEO peer groups that I chair, maybe you would like to become a member of a learning organization like Critical Mass for Business, or maybe you have a future guest that you could suggest for the radio program, visit my website, Critical Mass, M-A-S-S, for F O R business.com critical mass for business.com until the next show i hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction you have been listening to critical mass radio show business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to ceos who are leading middle market companies with your host richard franzi 